We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94. WIP Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop board on this Friday night. NFL picks, guess the takes. Our same game parlay. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like we got to do. I mean, it's just it's a matter of less than an hour from now until we find a way to get the Boston Scott same, you know, anytime touchdown score into the parlay. I mean, that, that's a lock. This guy's a Giants killer. By the way, let me throw this Boston Scott stat at you as we talk Giants Eagles. So I, I was wondering, like, do we just overhype the Boston Scott thing as we're here? Do you know no player in the NFL other than Derrick Henry has more touchdowns against the same opponent than Boston Scott in the last three years? Like, just think about that for one second. Like Derrick Henry against the Colts or the Jaguars? Or the Titans, right? He's the only player that has more touchdowns against a single opponent last three seasons than Boston Scott. Like, just for a second, like, think about Cooper Cup, all the plays he's made against the NFC West. He gets to face those guys two times a year. You know, the, the best back. Just take all the best players. No, it's Boston Scott who has 17 career touchdowns, but 10 of them have come against the New York Giants. Obviously, we'll throw Boston Scott in our same game parlay. Uh, and, and my gut feeling on this is that the Eagles are going to pull away from the Giants tomorrow night. They are the better football team. They are rested, better O-line, better D-line. And I just think this Giants thing has gotten out of control here. I mean, in a, in a significant way, every time you turn on NFL Network, ESPN, you know, comparing them to the 07 Giants, comparing them to this, these great teams in the past, like, what are we talking about? This is a nine-win football team, and if I have to hear or see someone else again say the Giants are coming in hot, well, no, they're not. They beat the Minnesota Vikings last week in a playoff game, and they played well there. They played well in Minnesota, and they did a good job on Cousins and Jefferson, all that kind of stuff, and they had a nice game, and Jones had a very good game at the quarterback position. But don't you have to win more than, like, three games over the last two months to be considered hot? I don't know where the line is where that's a hot team. But when you win three games after the end of October to the end of the regular season, you're not hot. I mean, they had three wins and a tie in there. Let, let's just let, like really think about what we're talking about here. The way I frame this is this is a heavyweight team with the Eagles who won 14 games against a lightweight in the Giants. And that Giants team, when they played each other early December up in MetLife, both teams were trying. It, it wasn't like Week 18 where it was a weird game and felt like a preseason game at, at the link. No, it was a, a – both teams needed the game. Eagles needed to try to continue their march towards the one seed in the division title, and the Giants were in a dogfight to make the playoffs. And the Eagles won that game by 26 points. By They won the game by four scores. I mean, let's just, like, think about that for a second. They won the game going away on the road against the Giants. And have the Giants approved? Yeah. I mean, they've gotten better. They're healthier than they were then. I'm not – I don't think they're a complete pushover. I don't look at them as like, you know, they don't 
they're bad. I, I don't think that. But I also don't look at the as a, at the Giants tomorrow and I'd say, you know what, I'm nervous. They might come here and win, division game, all that. No, I don't. The Eagles are better. And as long as Jalen Hurts' shoulder's ready to go and him off the injury report tells me it's ready to go, they're going to be fine tomorrow night. 215-592-9494. Uh, we're going to bring up a guest here in a minute. Uh, and, and she wrote an interesting story here, Kaylin Kaler of The Athletic. Uh, because, you know, the Eagles, there's a lot of credit for what they've done and a lot of, a lot of ways to talk about their season and, and how they've accomplished what they've accomplished. But w- one of the things that has been incredible to watch this year with them is how they've converted and stayed on the field, including the, the sneaks. The Eagles this season, 32 sneaks, most since 2000 when the data goes back. It's likely an all-time NFL record. The league average was 8.6. They ran 32. The league average, 8.6. With Jalen Hurts, they converted 93.3% of their quarterback sneaks. They are, you know, talking about how you, how you win games, you stay on the field on offense. You stay on the field on offense. You convert short yardage, you move the chains. And the Eagles moved the chains this season with that play better than anyone else in the NFL. She dove into it, how they do it, what goes into that play, and the Eagles' success there. So I'm excited to talk about this story because it's – look, if Jalen Hurts is up for it, I am sure, I am sure we're going to talk – you know, we're going to see that tomorrow night. We're going to see it against whoever next weekend, and we could see it in a Super Bowl coming up here in a couple weeks. It has been a weapon. I mean, usually don't talk about – you know, third and ones, fourth and ones, third and an inch, fourth and an inch um, as a weapon, but it's been one for them. Let's talk to the writer of that article right now, Kaylin Kaler, joining us right now from The Athletic. Kaylin, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing well, Joe. How are you? Well, doing well and excited to uh, talk to you about your piece here and, and what you think about this Eagles team. So give us some background before we get into it. Like, what made you think this would be an interesting piece where you're just kind of watching and like the rest of us saying, man, they run a lot of quarterback sneaks. Like, when did it hit you that there's something different going on with, with this particular team with this play? Yeah, it hit me back in, um, I think, the lead of my story. It was, like, right after week eight, um, and that was uh, shortly after they had pulled Jalen Hurts. Dallas Goddard had pulled Jalen Hurts, very obviously pulled him into the end zone uh, for a touchdown at Arizona. That was a few weeks after that. And, you know, when that happened, I'd heard from, you know, somebody who works in analytics kind of telling me that, there were some complaints around the league about the Eagles and the amount that they were pushing and sometimes pulling. And, you know, there, there's a gray area between pushing and pulling. Pulling is obviously not allowed. Pushing has been allowed since 2006. And so even though it's allowed, though, you know, teams around the league kind of perceived the Eagles to be exploiting this advantage because, you know, if you guys, anyone who has watched the Eagles has probably noticed, they often will have on their quarterback sneaks, they'll have two players behind Jalen Hurts, one coach described that to me as, uh, you know, one on each cheek. That was the Giants defensive line coach, Andre Patterson, who told me that, which is, I thought was an awesome description. Um, and sometimes they'll have three guys behind Jalen, you know, two on each cheek and then one, uh, you know, straight behind. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take watching much of the Eagles to see that going on. And then you kind of see other teams later in this season, you've seen other teams start to push as well and do the same type of formations. Like we just saw, uh, Tyler Huntley have a disastrous uh, quarterback sneak where actually they had it set up perfectly. They had two guys behind him pushing, and then he made a poor choice to leave his feet and jump. So, you know, if you set it up right, it's it's really an almost nearly unstoppable play, and the Eagles have done a lot of that. 
Yeah, and, and uh, this season. Yeah, they have. I mean, you you wrote about it and you put it in your story there that I mean, the league average is about eight point six. So let's just say nine you know, per team with these kind of sneaks. The Eagles are over thirty with them. And Kalen, you you put in there with Jalen Hurts in the game. Obviously, he didn't play down the stretch of the season with his injury, but when he's been out there. I mean, they're at over 93%, and I just I think about it from this perspective. Obviously, they found a setup, and you talked about setting up behind the cheeks there, but they also have a quarterback who famously in college squatted 600 pounds. I mean, you add it all together with his lower body strength and the way they do it, it does feel like there's no way a team could stop them if they just need a yard or a half a yard. Oh, yeah, totally. And, like, you, you know, everyone says, oh, yeah, well, not every team has Jalen Hurts, so not every team can – run plays like this. And while that is true, and they also have, you know, the best offensive line in football, and they have Jason Kelsey, who is an absolute mastermind at all the things that a center needs to do, including, as I pointed out in my article, you know, sometimes he will even move the ball forward past the line of scrimmage, which, you know, helps when you are on fourth and inches. And it also causes the defense to get inside the neutral zone and get called for penalties. So, you know, that's always a great creative tactic, but Really, you don't – I mean, I don't want to, like, sell Jalen or the Eagles offensive line short, but, you know, I was looking at the stats, and of the quarterbacks who ran at least four quarterback sneaks this year, that was kind of the sample size that I looked at, there was only one that was below 80% on converting, and that was Geno Smith. So, really, this is, like, such an underutilized play, and Jason Kelsey says it all the time. He's like, I don't understand why other teams aren't running this the way that we are. And, and I don't think other teams would match like the 93.1 success rate that Jalen Hurts has this year. But if they just ran it a little bit more, I think we would see, you know, not see some, some kind of similar success rate. And you don't necessarily need a quarterback who can spot that much. You just need the buy-in from all of your players, which is what Philadelphia has. Because they did a lot of these with Doug Peterson and had success with um, Doug and Carson Wentz. So you really just need the mental buy-in from your staff to realize like, okay, this is actually a smarter play than doing some, you know, crazy nonsense on fourth and short. Yeah, and what I think about as I read your article and I've seen what the Eagles have done this year and how they've you know stayed on the field with those and they've continued to win time of possession and, and at long gate drives to eventually make an explosive play. I just I wonder if this could change the way some coaches call drives, right? If you know you have this in your back pocket you might be able to call second and third down differently. Like as, as long as we get close, yeah, we could push forward on fourth down. It, it, it almost it almost could change the way teams call offenses if if teams kind of realize, hey, if we could pull this off too, it really could. And like we we've already seen that. Like Eagles at Arizona, they called three in a row on one series because they knew, uh, you know, and one was stopped for no gain. But it, you know, it, in the stats, it'll say they didn't convert that one. But you know, they got a few inches closer. Uh, it wasn't really unsuccessful if you think about it that way, because they knew they had another down after that. So we've already seen the Eagles do, which you think is like absolutely insane. It's like they ran that three times in a row. Are you kidding? But they just know that you know they're going to be successful most of the time doing this. So if you're already in that short yardage situation you might as well. Um, so I think we've already kind of seen that start happening. And, and the other really cool thing about this, which Jason Kelsey told me as well, is one of the reasons that you want to be good at the sneak and you want to run it regularly is that you can do play other plays. You can counter things off of it. And we saw, you know, we've seen the Eagles do that a couple of times this year where they're threatening the sneak. Like at Chicago, they had um, the incredible uh, two-point conversion where you know, they're threatening the sneak and Jalen sees that the left edge is totally un- uncovered because everybody's, you know, the whole defensive line, everyone's in the box trying to th- 
uh, defend the sneak on the Bears' defense, and so he just literally walks around the left edge and scores. So there are so many things you can do off of the sneak. We saw the Jaguars last weekend do that as well on their final possession, and it's you know the reason why they ended up winning that game. They had a uh, look that looked like it was going to be a sneak, and they handed it off to Travis Etienne, and he went for 15 yards. So there's just a lot of like mind games that you can play with it. So it, it's really fun. And like I, when I started the story, I was like, oh no, I'm going to write a really long story about sneaks, and <laughs> no one is going to read it, and I'm going to bore myself in the process. But I actually became like so interested in it and like so obsessed with it. And there's like you know kind of like a a community of sneak people now in in the NFL and analytics around the NFL and I'm like hey guys like if you need any help like I'm I'm here to present to teams like I'm ready like I have all my stats I have my information like let me go <laughs> you know what I, I found over the years, Kalen? Um, it was about to Kalen Kaler here uh, from The Athletic about this piece you wrote about the Eagles quarterback seats. I found, and this goes across any sport, when coaches and players find out, and, and usually it's data that, that kind of drives it, but they find out something can work at a high level, they'll do it. Like, they're, they're in. I, I think it's – I always thought athletes and coaches are some of the easiest people to convince. It's like – and we've had, a, obviously, a change in sports over the last 20 years with analytics, but it doesn't take long for, for teams and coaches, the good ones, to say, all right, yeah, cool, this works, how do, how do I do this? So I expect this to be a thing. What did you get from the players? Because I, I – my, it seems to me like even though it seems like a kind of a boring routine play, they're kind of into it. Yeah, I thought I might. Like I kept asking the offensive linemen, like, doesn't it hurt? Like, don't you like dread doing this? Because if you just watch them, it just looks so incredibly painful. And, you know, with the regularity that the Eagles are running it, I'm like, God, they, they must be so sore and tired of this by now because they are basically on the ground. Like they are so close to the ground. It's just it, like I can't understand it. Um so I, you know, but when I'm asking them that, they're all like, no, like Jordan Mailata is like, I love this play. You know, they're all like, we love it because we're good at it. And even someone like AJ Brown, a receiver who you think would really like roll his eyes at a quarterback sneak and be like very bored and uh, mad that, you know, he's not getting the ball on it. He was like, oh no, I love it because it extends the drive. He's like, because I know that I'm going to get the ball on the next play because we're going to convert this and we're, and we're going to keep rolling on offense essentially. So really every single player that I talked to was like really into it. And like Boston Scott had the best quote I thought he was, I think he said something like, because I was like, what is it like when you're in there? Cause a lot of times he's in the pushing role. So I was asking him, you know, what is it like to be a pusher? Is it hard? And he goes, yeah, our job is, really isn't that hard. He's like, the guys on the line really have a heart. And he's like, sometimes I'm supposed to be pushing and I find myself watching them. Like <laughs> I'm looking down and he's like, he said something like they're pushing them out of the club is what his quote was. So um, I thought that was really funny and shows like how talented the offensive line is that, you know, a running back is like, Oh my God, what are they doing down there? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to think of that quote tomorrow night. If they do it, they, they're pushing the yeah. giants out of the club. Uh, Kalen, what, what's your perspective on, on this game tomorrow night and, and the Eagles? Um, you know, they've been for the most part this year for a, lo- a long part of the season. They were probably the best team in the league. Uh, and it was a little choppy towards the end. Hertz missed a couple games. He is now back. He was off the injury report. Um, you know, it seems like the Giants have become kind of the darlings this week as maybe the Cinderella story of the playoffs. Uh, here in Philadelphia, we don't want to believe that. Uh, what, what are you right. thinking tomorrow, Eagles-Giants? Um, you know, I think the Eagles will come out on top, but I do think the Giants are probably going to give them a run for their money. And I think, obviously, the key factor is how healthy is Jalen Hurts. Um because, you know, an injury to your throwing shoulder. I know he was officially removed from the injury report this week, but I'm still kind of concerned about, you know, how that's going to affect him because we saw 
in week 18, he didn't seem to be, you know, fully himself and they didn't really have many designed runs for him, obviously to protect him. So I'll be interested to see, um, you know, what he's, what level he's at on Saturday. And I think that's going to be a big uh, deciding factor here because if he's fully healthy, you know, I think it's Eagles by far, but if, if he's anything less than a hundred percent, I do think, the Giants might have a chance in this one. Yeah, it, it could be a close game if Jalen is in himself, but we'll see tomorrow night. Kalen, I appreciate you hopping on. I appreciate you uh, sending me the article this week. I enjoyed reading it, and uh, and everyone check it out over The Athletic. Kalen Kaler from The Athletic, thank you for hopping on. Thanks so much. Have a good night. There she goes. Kalen Kaler there. Yeah, she spent three weeks working on this piece. And I, I, I'm just wondering at what point the Eagles do something else off of the play. I mean, it does feel like around midseason, teams start to realize – We'll just bunch everybody up. Let's put a bunch of bodies right over the center and the guards. And then the Eagles did kind of take Hurts and he dove to the left, kind of off the tackle um, a little bit there, and that worked. It did not work as well with Gardner Mitchell. They had the one sneak for the touchdown in Dallas. Remember the sneak they tried against the Saints? That was a disaster. And I, and Moose Johnson, who's on the call tomorrow, and it's Joe Davis and Moose Johnson, he drove me crazy during that Saints game when he was like, I don't know, I don't get it. I mean, they're, they're great at sneaks this year, and I'm like, they they have a quarterback that squats 600 pounds. What do we think Gardner Minshew squats? I, I don't know what the answer is. It's not 600 pounds. Yeah, like, he made the call with all the fervor of Al Michaels making the miracle on ice call. <laughs> like, how do they stop this? They're always, they always get this. Well, they don't have Jalen Hurts out there. I do wonder how much they're willing to do that, though, tomorrow. Isn't that the one play where you guarantee significant weight and pressure on Jalen Hurts' shoulder? Like, the other plays in the game, you don't have to dial up runs through the middle. He, if he runs, he's going to have to figure out a way to protect himself and, and not get slammed down on that shoulder. But doesn't the quarterback sneak, isn't the only play of the game that will guarantee his shoulder gets hit? Yeah, and this is something I've really thought about since the trade deadline when we talked about the running backs that they were interested in trading for, and obviously they, they didn't make a move at all to affect that position. But remember the guys that are interested were guys like Naheem Hines, yep. receiving backs, guys who can catch the ball out of the backfield. They were never interested in a bigger back. They weren't interested in a guy to run between the tackles. And I kind of came to the realization, I think in the Eagles' minds and Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni and that coaching staff's mind, their short yardage back is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the guy that they lean on to pick up tough yards between the tackles on third and short and fourth and short. And if he isn't healthy, if if they aren't confident in putting him in those situations, I think that really limits the offense and limits their ability to simply move the chains in tough downs. It, it does. And well, it also when he's banged up like he is, you know, now, you know, coming off a shoulder injury, it, it, it makes it, it complicates. Like what's plan B? Is that Boston Scott because he kills the Giants? I don't know. Is it Miles Sanders? And Nura thought he is an exceptional, you know, short yardage back. So we'll see on that. Are we got NFL picks, guys, the takes and our same game parlay coming up, but we needed to throw this out there because I hate this. I hate this idea that seemingly is is in the in the back of the NFL's mind. So Mike Florio uh, put this out there today, and I think he's onto something here. He he believes the NFL is using the potential for the Bills Bengals NFC uh, Bills Chiefs NFC title game, which obviously would be in a neutral site in Atlanta. They've sold fifty they sold fifty thousand tickets in twenty four hours. He thinks it is a test run for eventually having neutral site AFC and NFC championship games. And this just stinks if we get there. Like, would they sell a place out? Yes. Would they be able to put these in domes so weather wouldn't be a part of it and you get all these points 
And I'm sure it'd be like, wow, I can't believe it. Mahomes and Allen, they put up you know, 80 points between them again. And, you know, a ton of gambling money and overs and props. Like, I, I get where they're going. And I, they could probably, I mean, I don't know. Would, would they, if they eventually we get there, would they put them in the same side as the Super Bowl? Would it become a hub for the NFL for three weeks? I don't know. I, I don't know what the eventual thought is. But the idea of having no home field advantage in the NFC or AFC championship game. So if you're the one seed like the Eagles now, you fight all year for one home playoff game. That's it. Like if this ever became a thing, the Eagles, let's just say it's it's this year, right? They'd play tomorrow against the Giants. And the next week they'd be, I don't know, in Los Angeles playing the Niners or the Cowboys next week. It's it's just like that doesn't make any sense. You fight for for home field. For the two for the two playoff games for rest and then the home games it comes through Philly not it comes through Philly and Dallas or Los Angeles or whatever yeah I mean if you win your division or if you get the one seed you get one home game it's dumb and if you win your division I mean like what would be the difference if I'm the Cowboys and if them and the Eagles were, were duking it out and you could be the three seed or the five seed who cares right just be the five seed you have to play one game on the road instead of two I just I think it's silly. I think it de-incentivizes, you know, moving up and trying to be the best team in the conference. And I think it ruins it from a fan perspective, too. The idea that your two biggest games are going to be played on neutral fields away from home. I just, I, I really like Championship Sunday. I think it adds a little bit more to the atmosphere because it actually is in a home stadium and not a weird neutral crowd where it just, it feels more like a big boxing event than it does an actual football game. I think if you were to do that to the conference title games, it would just ruin that atmosphere. It would. It would. I mean, and imagine not the ability to celebrate with your fans, like when the Eagles won in 17 and they won in 04, holding up the George Hallis trophy, not being able to do that at home. That's ridiculous. It, it, it's just, it, it's, I think it's ridiculous. And I, and I don't know how it makes the NFL a better product. Also, how would they choose the venues? Because couldn't you run into an accidental home field advantage? I wonder if anyone's thought about that. Unless they just do cross co- cross conference venues, like this year they are right because the only building that would take them is Atlanta. That's not a city that either team is in. Obviously, that's that whole point. But like they would obviously most years they would set these before the year, right? Like the Super Bowl, they wouldn't just wake up in the middle of January and say where we're going to play the game. This year they had to because it was a unfortunate circumstance. So if they did it before the year. Would they have to go cross conference venues? Because what if you just said randomly, like, 20, like L.A. and Vegas, L- L.A. Uh, the right, L.A. or the Dallas? That's the stadium where you have a lot of events, right? Dallas, they they're going to get it in twenty twenty eight. What if the Cowboys are in the game? Then all of a sudden you've created a home field advantage by accident. I just i I think it makes no sense, and I don't even understand the whole idea from a money perspective. Like you're still going to sell the same amount of tickets, right? Like either way, it's going to be a sellout. I just I don't get where the numbers are coming from. I, I kind of thought about this a couple weeks ago, and I saw it was reported that maybe this could be the NFL kind of dipping their toe and transitioning towards something like that. But I don't know. I, I think a lot of fans would be really upset. The only thing I could think of is would you do it all in the same building for three games? Like it becomes the hub of the NFL for everyone for three weeks instead of just a week? Right, we start with the title games, and like it's just it's it's the NFL show through the Super Bowl. M- maybe they're thinking that. And I guess like there is precedent for it because if you look at the college football playoff, right, they're played at major bowl stadiums, yeah. and then you have the the title game two weeks later. So all three of those games are played on neutral sites. But 
I don't know. I just I fail to see how it makes the product better. I, I don't think it does. I mean, I, I I don't. And as far as the weather thing, yeah. I mean, uh, Allen and Mahomes next week on on turf in a dome could be a memorable game with points because it's a fast track versus snow in Buffalo or whatever. You know, the same thing in Kansas City. But the elements are part of football. I mean, it's you build a team to get through a full season, which is the the, the hot of the summer through the cold. It's just it's part of football. That's 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 what makes all this so interesting. And I hope they don't change that. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's how you hop board on this this Friday night. Oh, we got a lot to do here in our next segment. NFL picks. Pick all four games. Guess the takes. What you're going to hear coming up on Monday and. We will put together a same-game parlay for this week, the Giants and the Eagles tomorrow night. During the regular season, we hit the NFL same-game parlay for that game. We'll try it again. And I guess we could uh, try. Are we 0 for 10 in the postseason now? Yes. We're 0 for 10 in guessing the time and correct matchups for the games. Now, we have a little layup next week because we can't be wrong on the time of the particular conference games. We know them. Correct. We know where they are already, okay. or when they are. Right. We could, we could whiff on the teams, but or we'll try again. We'll see if – it actually would be impressive if we go over. Like, we can't pick a correct time or matchup across the entire postseason week to week. We'll try that, though, as well. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard. Sports Radio 94 WIP. The NFL playoffs are heating up. And with FanDuel, in partnership with Valley Force Casino – Every play is a rush to customers. Join today so you can bet the divisional round with $150 of free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up promo code G-I-G-L-I-O this weekend. You give me $150 free, I'm taking a Boston Scott anytime touchdown score. America's number one sportsbook has all your fair bets from the money line, of point spreads, to player props. Plus with FanDuel, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. I really like the FanDuel app. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP, so football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 of free bets, win or lose, with FanDuel. Promo code G-I-G-L-I-O. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494 gets you aboard. NFL picks, guess the takes, and of course, our Eagles, Giants, same game parlay coming up in just a few minutes. First, let's go back to the phone lines here. Aaron in Norristown wanted to chime in on the Eagles and, of course, this neutral site business. What's up, Aaron? 
Joe, how are you doing this evening, buddy? Good, Aaron. What are you thinking tonight? Well, a couple things. First of all, psyched for tomorrow's game. Can't wait to get down there. It's going to be a great atmosphere, great game. But you brought up something I actually heard talked about in a couple places. That rule is not only is it ludicrous to penalize a team like the Eagles, that would be the number one seed. Imagine you're like the Giants, and you don't have to play three games on the road. You're actually rewarding the team because they would only have to play two games on the road. It's ridiculous. You're right about that. And, Aaron, for the um... – like you know, obviously there's only one seat, one number one seat, and one buy. Excuse me. Right. So, so for a team like the Niners, you know they would only, they would get two home games, and then it would really. I think off, the number you're, you're two. Better the, the, getting the two, you're better off getting the two seed. You're, yeah, the yeah. Advantageous about being two seed, and you're rewarding these teams that are like the five and six seed instead of stretching through. It's if that rule passes, that would be horrific. I mean, that's you know like. You already take away most of us fans. You know it's hard for us to get into the lottery or go to the Super Bowl. You can't take away our championship games. That would that would take away that would take away the nature of the sport, in my opinion, well, and what you play for, and and, and the, what the fans are there for. And you're literally just taking the fans out of the game. You might as well just take fans away from the stadium. Right, and like, and how many how many people you think could really afford and and do a trip? Right, like. Maybe I'm, yeah. I'm sure some. I'm sure a, a good group of Eagles fans would travel to a potential NFC title game. Yeah, in, but that's not the point. But, it's the, but, that, stadium, but it's, right, yeah. no, it, 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 but but it also would price out a lot of people too. Like I'm sure yeah. of the seventy thousand that will be there next week, you know, maybe ten thousand, five thousand, you know, have the time, have the money. They say, screw it, let's go out to L.A. But like for right, the right, other right. sixty-five, then, for the other sixty-five thousand, there's just no chance they could do that. Right, and then you have like again. My point is, you're rewarding the team like the Giants. We literally would only have to win two games on the road in that third game, which is what makes it so hard to get to the Super Bowl because you didn't have a good regular season. Right. You're rewarded. Like, we'll just put you in. Anyway, talking about – so I hope that doesn't pass. Talking about the Eagles, you know, all I've heard all week is, you know, I, I like the calmness, at least the guys I hang with and stuff like that. Like, everybody keeps telling us why the Giants win. Keep thinking of reasons why they win. If, if the Giants were 14-3 and three and they had beaten us twice, even with the way they beat us in the second time, and we were the Giants and we were going into their stadium – There'd be no way anybody think we could win, we would win that game. So you know, I'm not saying the Giants can't win, but I have a very quiet confidence that the Eagles are going to handle business tomorrow and move along to the winner of the Dallas San Francisco game. I don't really care who wins. I, I, if the Eagles play the way they could play with the talent that they have, they're going to the Super Bowl, and I'll take my chances in that game. Yeah. It's going to be a raucous crowd. I think we have the team to do it. You know, I don't, I don't. I don't want to overanalyze and paralysis and analyze, analyze the, the game. The Eagles have the better roster from beginning to, to end. And if they play their game, the Giants will lose and the Eagles will win. Yeah, we, look, we saw Saturday them play. We saw them play. And, Aaron, you have a great time tomorrow night. We saw them play in early December. Same teams. The Giants weren't as healthy then. But the bottom line is both teams are trying that day. It wasn't Week 18. It wasn't Hurts' you know, first game off the shoulder. It wasn't the Giants playing the third-string quarterback. The first time they played this year, both teams needed the game. Eagles trying to win the division, trying to get the number one seed. Giants trying to make the playoffs. Everyone's full go. Let's play some football. The Eagles were dominating the game to the point where the Giants put their backups in because it was over. They didn't want to get Daniel Jones hurt in a game they couldn't have a chance in. The Eagles won by four scores. I'm not saying tomorrow night they're going to win by four scores. I think the Giants have improved and, and kind of turned the corner since then, and they're healthier. But the bottom line is that that's it's hard to ignore that. It, it really is. All right, let's get to it. NFL picks. Guess the takes for division around weekend in the NFL. I think, I think a lot of people share this sentiment. It's the best weekend of football all year. And it's kind of sad. It's the last full weekend of football all year. Next weekend is great, but it's it's just two games. And then, I mean, do you even consider the Super Bowl a football weekend? Or, or it's, it's one game. Like, this is it. This is the last one 
where it's game after game. La- I don't know if it could top last. Remember last year divisional round? I think all all four games were f- field goal games or one score games. We had what were the games last year? We had the the Niners go into Green Bay and win by a field goal, low scoring game, upset the Packers. We had the Bengals go into Tennessee and upset them by a field goal. We had that amazing shootout between the Chiefs and the Bills in Arrowhead in overtime. And, of course, we also had the um, Rams going to Tampa, winning that game, going up big, and then Tampa came back, and the Rams scored at the end to take them down. So we had some great games last year this weekend. We could have some more good ones this weekend. Here's how I'm going with this. Four games, four against the spread. Here's what I got for NFL while uh, division around weekend. All right, let's start tomorrow. Jaguars and the Chiefs. Here's the way this seems to always go for the Chiefs. They're going to score a lot of points. Patrick Mahomes has enormous, enormous numbers in this round of the playoffs. I mean, he really has been incredible when it comes to playing well in the divisional round of the playoffs. And I believe he will play well again tomorrow. They're going to score a lot of points against the Jaguars. That being said, the Chiefs often don't cover these big numbers. They, 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 they win, but they sometimes don't cover. I believe the Chiefs are going to win this game. But I have a weird feeling Jacksonville kind of put some points on the board in the second half, makes it look closer than it was. Last time they played, it was a 10-point game. It's sitting at not at 8.5 right now. I'm thinking something along the lines of Chiefs 33, Jaguars 25 or 26. I, I, I don't believe the game's going to be close throughout, but I do think the Jaguars could have a backdoor touchdown, backdoor score to get themselves within 10 I'm going to take the Jags plus the 8.5, but I do like the Chiefs in the game. And then Chiefs are going to score a lot of points. A very high-scoring game tomorrow, Chiefs and Jaguars. Eagles, I have to lay the points. After the way we've talked tonight, I said they're going to win by double digits by the end. I know it's the divisional game. I know last week it was the it was the Ravens and it was the, the Dolphins giving their divisional opponents tough games. I just think the Eagles' pass rush over four quarters overwhelms the Giants. And I believe the Eagles' offensive line over four quarters stands up to the Giants' pass rush. That's the game. Eagles protect the football. They win this game by more than the number. Eagles minus 7.5 tomorrow night. Game number three. Look, the Bengals have offensive line issues, and that's why this game is a five-point number. That's why it is. I mean, if 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 this game was you – know, I mean, go back, go back to the game they played Monday Night Football about four weeks ago. DeMar Hamlin unfortunately goes down. The game is postponed, eventually canceled. The Bengals were winning that game, and that game closed, I believe, as a one-and-a-half-point game. So the gap, the perceived gap between the Bengals and the Bills was not very big just a few weeks ago uh, before they played that game. And now we're sitting at five-and-a-half. Obviously, what's changed here is the Bengals' offensive line issues. And they have significant offensive line issues, three starters down. I think eventually that comes back to bite the Bengals. But you're giving me Joe Burrow. He's the most profitable against the spread quarterback in the NFL the last two years. You give me Joe Burrow plus five and a half points against a team that's been sloppy with the Bills, a quarterback in Josh Allen who leads the NFL in turnovers. I'm going to take the five and a half points. I will take the points tomorrow night, or excuse me, Sunday afternoon with the Cincinnati Bengals. Bills likely win. Bengals keep it within the number. And the last game here, I'm frankly shocked at how close the spread is in this game. I'm shocked. I don't put the Cowboys in the same level as the 49ers. And this will be Dallas's fourth consecutive road game. And I think there's one aspect of this that really isn't isn't being looked at. And 
is it fair? I, I don't know. Should it, should a wild card team deserve fairness? I, I I don't know what the answer is, but you know, there's a 52 hour difference in preparation time since their last game. Like this isn't just a short week for one and a longer week for the other. It's 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 gigantic. I mean, the Niners finished their game at home last Saturday at what seven o'clock, eight o'clock. The Cowboys started their game on Monday at 8.15. They weren't done till almost midnight on Monday to start prepping for the next game and their next opponent. Also, four straight road games. Tennessee, Washington. You know, they, they've been on the road for weeks now. Tampa Bay, going back and forth, coast to coast, now out to San Francisco. If you told me in any week of the year a team was on their fourth straight road game, I would blindly fade that team. This is the best defense in the NFL. It has been for a while. The Niners are red hot. Purdy got through his jitters last week. I think he'll get through them again if he has them. I don't like taking a big number, but it's not a big number. I'm going to lay the points. Minus three and a half with the Niners. Plus, how do I trust the Cowboys to cover a number when I don't even know if their, ex- their field goal kicker can make an extra point? Am I the only one who thinks it's ridiculous that they're not changing kickers. And I guess they still could. They signed a guy, was named Vizcaino, off the street. So I guess they I, they could carry two kickers on the active roster. I'm not sure if they're going to do that or not. But uh, the kicker might not be able to kick. Fourth straight road game. Better defense with the Niners. Better coach with the Niners. I'm taking the Niners minus three and a half. So my, my four picks. Jaguars plus the eight and a half. Eagles minus the seven and a half. Bengals plus the five and a half. And the Niners minus three and a half. Those are my picks. For the divisional round of the NFL. All right, let's get to guess the takes here. The takes you will hear coming up on Monday across the NFL. Take number one you're going to hear is that the Cowboys blew it with this kicking situation. I, I, I think it's in his head. We've seen this across sports. We've seen it with kickers. They miss a few. It is in their head. If the Cowboys lose this game by a score or if the math on the game goes awry because this guy missed a kick, they got to start going for two. It will be a disaster for McCarthy, a disaster for Dallas. I think it's a major disaster, and it'll be talked about all day on Monday. Take number two you'll hear on Monday is the Bills' turnovers are going to cost them a championship. I think they get through close this weekend. They pull out another one, and they get to the AFC title game on a neutral site against the Chiefs. But they're going to turn them all over again, and their turnovers will be the reason they don't hoist the Lombardi Trophy. And the third take you're going to hear early next week is that the Eagles are underdogs against the 49ers or should be underdogs. My, my guess is if we get an Eagles-Niners title game, that opens at about a point. I'm not sure which way yet. It might open Eagles minus one, but I'm not sure. And I think by kickoff next week here in Philadelphia, the Eagles are going to be home dogs. And we're going to have a discussion all week around WIP about how the how the dog masks have to come back out, how Lane Johnson and crew bring the dog masks out for next Sunday against the Niners. Those are the picks. Those are the takes for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. All right. You know what it's time for. One of my favorite times of the week every week. We put together our same game parlay over at FanDuel Sportsbook for the Eagles game, and I feel like it's a pretty good omen for us. You know, the one we hit this year. I'd love to hit them every week, but these are hard to hit. We know that. Sometimes they're ridiculous odds when we finish them here. But Tucker, we have ourselves an Eagles-Giants matchup. And last time that these two teams both tried, right, it wasn't like a backup quarterback on one side. We hit that same game parlay. So I think it's time to go back to well, see if we could pull it off again. Eagles and the Giants tomorrow night. 
What are we thinking here? Uh, here? I'll throw out the first one I'm thinking. I've got a prop I like, and then we can work our way through touchdowns or if we are comfortable enough putting side or, or total in the game. I like tomorrow a receiving prop of Devontae Smith over 65 and a half yards tomorrow because I feel like a Dory Jackson will be on A.J. Brown and it's going to be one-on-one against a suspect corner. What do you think? Devontae over 65 and a half receiving yards tomorrow. I like that a lot, and I, I think he's kind of been Jalen Hurts's safety valve. Mm-hmm. You, you usually tend to think it's uh, Dallas Goddard, but they've used Devontae Smith a lot on, on shorter routes and against Wink Martindale and that defense that blitzes quite a bit. There could be a lot of early and, and quick targets to Devontae Smith. Okay, so we're in on that. So we have one prop in. What are we thinking on touchdowns tomorrow? So just looking at the odds, it's obviously an Eagles game um, because the Eagles have, of the top seven in the or the shortest odds, six of them are Eagles. Hertz minus 115, Brown uh, even money, Saquon even money, Miles Sanders plus 105, Devontae plus 140, Goddard plus uh, Goddard's a two-to-one. Any, uh, any of the big names stand out to you? Not particularly. All right, let's go down the board a little bit then. At plus 330, there's a man named Boston Scott. See, that's where I was looking at, okay. and that's what, what, what I was thinking of. So we've gotten, we've, we've, had, we've done this before. Are we going to get cute with this anytime, first touchdown, last touchdown, or we want to just keep it straight? I think we keep it straight. Okay. I, I don't think there's any reason to get cute here. I think that's what kind of messed us up last time against the Giants is mm. we got cocky. We tried a little bit too hard. Straightforward. I mean, Fandle's willing to give you three to one odds on Boston Scott scoring a touchdown. Don't get cute with it. Just take the free money and run. Okay. How are the Giants scoring? Do we think the Giants have a touchdown tomorrow? I think they will have a touchdown. I think they have to. Yeah. A touch, I mean, if they don't against have... this defense, against that fraud, Gannon. Okay. So what are we going with the Giants? So we have uh, Barkley at, at even money. Daniel Jones at plus 230. Showed off his legs last week. In fact, he scored. He was part of our parlay that hit last time. We had both quarterbacks in that game. So we could go Jones. And Isaiah Hodgkins has kind of become their new top receiving target. He had one here, I believe, in week 18. You're related to Reese Hodgkins? Uh, I don't. I, I just. I'm going to guess no on that. Just going to guess that there's no, uh, no relation. What do we think? A giant touchdown. Yeah, I'm looking at the wide receivers, especially someone like Hodgins or even Richie James mm-hmm. coming out of the slot. Because I, I think about that coverage. I don't know. Even though C.J. Gardner Johnson played well the last week, I think that's the weak spot in the Eagles secondary. The only other one, and it's a bigger number, is Daniel Bellinger's had some run for them as their tight end. That's a. It's five to one. I mean, just typically you think of teams' tight ends, you know, they're using the two, right? Like two plus 250, three to one, depending on how good the guy is. Obviously, Kelsey's a different kind of league. But, like, Goddard's two to one. It's just hard because none of their receivers put up big touchdown numbers. Like, James and Hodgins each have four. That leads the team. The only other people with multiple are Bellinger and Darius Slayton each have two. That's it. They have four guys with multiple receiving touchdowns. So, Jones is interesting, but do we think the Eagles are going to key on this? Jones got him for a touchdown in December, and he's coming off one of his best career rushing games. Like, are the Eagles going to let Daniel Jones score a rushing touchdown tomorrow? I think they might. I mean, he only had four for 17 against them uh, earlier in the season, but he had two rushing touchdowns against Indianapolis in, in Week 17. He had 78 yards, but no touchdowns against Minnesota. I think he might be the safer play. I mean, you look at how their touchdowns are scored against Minnesota. You had Saquon with a 30-yard run, Hodgins, Bellinger, um, and then Barkley again at the end. I don't know. I mean, 
as we talk about elongating the odds, Barkley seems too safe, but do we just do the safe pick? All right. Well, what do you want to do? Jones or, or Barkley? I'm leaning Barkley. Okay, let's go Barkley. Even money. So we have three three legs in for our, our same game parlay over at FanDuel Sports. We do it every week. Eagles-centric same game parlay over at FanDuel. This week they're doing uh you can have a, a free one. You, you bet it and they'll give you money back if you lose. We're not going to lose, though. We got this. So we got Barkley. We got Scott. As our I'm anytime. not even going to opt into the free bet. That, that's how you know you trust it. That's how you know you, you don't, don't worry about that. All right. Other plays that are that I think potentially could fit for our same game parlay. What do you think about this one? What do you like better? Eagles to pull away late at a minus seven and a half or Eagles minus the four and a half in the first half of the game? We know how good they've been second quarter. Yeah, I mean the second quarter, so the total for the second quarter right now is thirteen and a half. The spread in the second quarter is minus two and a half. So Eagles to win the second quarter by a field goal. Yeah, and that, I mean, or we can even go the first half spread is four and a half. I kind of like the second quarter one. Me too. I I think that makes a little bit more sense for this team and and what they've done this season. It has been their quarter. All right, let's play that. Eagles minus the two and a half in the first half, excuse me, first, second Second quarter quarter of the game. Okay. Which one of these two, if I had to give you one, do you like better? Eagles total points over 28 and a half or Giants total points under or over 19 and a half? What's the score in your head tomorrow night? Now you're, you think it's a little closer than I do, but what's the I score? I do, in your but head? And unfortunately, I think it's right around twenty-seven twenty. Like that number feels right to me. Well, but I, I could see it being a little bit of a lower scoring game, especially because I think the Giants and Brian Dable—they aren't an explosive offense. They know they aren't an explosive offense. If they're moving the ball, they're going to be bleeding the clock. So it's Giants under nineteen and a half. I think Giants under 19 and a half makes more sense in my head. Okay. So we got four in here right now. So here's where we're at with our – we actually have – we have five? We have five. five, I think. Okay. So we're looking right now at a Devontae Smith over 65 and a half receiving yards. Boston Scott, anytime touchdown scorer. Saquon Barkley, anytime touchdown scorer. Eagles minus a two and a half in the second quarter of the game. The Giants to score under 19 and a half for the game. That would give us – 63 to 1 odds on a $10 bet you win $635.66. Are we comfortable with that? Do we want to um spice this up in any way and get I mean some... that's that's a pretty good Oh, it's very good. Pretty good number so far. Is there anything else that stands out to you, you want to um you want to throw in here? I mean I I don't have anything else that like I it's screaming at me. I mean if we wanted to touch I mean here's one actually I, I did think about. You tell me what you think. Do we think Daniel Jones is going to run like crazy again like he did last week? Or are the Eagles going to keep him in check? I, I think the Eagles keep him in check more than they don't tomorrow night. He's well, a, how about this? You got so one? I just started toying with alternate spreads. Mm-hmm. If we add in, and I know you think the, the Gi- Eagles are going to win a bit. Giants plus 14 and a half. You know that jumps the payout $1,000? So Eagles win by two touchdowns, we still win. Right. So Giants plus 14 and a half, it goes from 10 to win 635 to 10 to win 1633. I like it. All right, let's go with it. Smith, over 65 and a half yards. Scott, anytime touchdown score. Barkley, anytime touchdown score. Eagles, minus two and a half second quarter, under 19 and a half for the Giants. And the Giants plus 
14 and a half points. So what's the most the Eagles can score to make this work work for us? We have under 19 and a half. So the Giants can, can have to max out at 19. Right. They can only get 19. And 33. They can't win, or Eagles can't win by more than two touchdowns. 33. So 33. 33-19 is our max Correct. on each side. The Giants can't have more than 19 for a hit to hit. Eagles can't have more than 33. You know what? How about a 33-19 victory tomorrow night for the Eagles? I like it. All right, we hit it then. All right, there it is. One more time, just if anyone, people like to write these down. I was getting messages like, what, what would you say? Well, I got it locked in, so here we go. 10 bucks to win $1,633.77. Devontae, over 65 and a half receiving yards. Boston Scott, that's a lock. Any type touchdown score. Saquon, any type touchdown score. Eagles, minus two and a half in the second quarter. Giants have under 19 and a half for the game. Giants, plus 14 and a half. In the game, so the game within a 15-point spread, uh, and that would net you $1,633.77 on a $10 same-game parlay. All right, let's end it. We always do. With our guesses for TV and matchups next week, we have not actually hit one of these the entire postseason. It's actually impressive. Uh, my guess, Eagles— We know the times. We know the times, and we know which conference will go first. Uh, I'm going to go with a weekend of favorites. The heavyweights move on to next week. Eagles-Niners, 3 p.m. next Sunday at the link. And Bills-Chiefs next Sunday, 6.30 in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm rooting for Eagles-Cowboys, selfishly. Mm -hmm. I think that's great for business. And I think in a year where we're we're kind of waiting for a a big marquee game, I mean, Jalen Hurts versus Dak Prescott, Eagles-Cowboys, winner goes to the Super Bowl. That'd be big. It might be the – I know the Eagles won the Super Bowl. It could rank up their top five, top three biggest games in Eagles history. So I would put that at 3 o'clock. And give me a rematch of last year. Give me Bengals-Chiefs at 6 o'clock at Arrowhead. Patrick Mahomes never played on a road on the road in the postseason, only the, the two neutral sites in the Super Bowl. Give me that at Arrowhead at 6. So you have the favorites tomorrow and the dogs on Saturday. Yes, yes, Sunday. Uh, yeah, Sunday, right. Favorites tomorrow, home teams tomorrow, and the uh, underdogs, road teams on Sunday. All right, everyone have a great night, great weekend. Enjoy tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Eagles are going to pull away and win this game by double digits. Uh, coming up next, Boomer Valenti, 10 p.m. tonight. TK on right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. And you know what I'm watching for tonight? I'm watching and listening. When I, I'm a, late on my ride home, TK's take. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about the game, and I can't wait for tomorrow. What to watch for, of course, brought to you by Xfinity Mobile. Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge, a different kind of mobile network designed to save you money on Sports Radio 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.